step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Holidays were pleasant, and um, despite all that is going on around us, um, pleasant enough. Um, boy, these are tough times in schools and families. Um, New York Times came out with a piece this morning talking to us about how difficult things are for families these days. Um, of course, Life in the Balance did its parenting during the pandemic uh, survey in 2021, and we found many of the same things. Um, And of course, things are crazy in schools again, because um, mental health issues that we're seeing in kids are not only extending into their families, but also into the school day. Um, So there's always lots to talk about on this program, but I believe we have Kim Hopkins on the line with us right now. Kim, you there? I'm here. Good morning. And Happy New Year to you. And I believe we have... Thank you. Uh, I think we have Jennifer with us. Is that you, Jennifer? You do. Yes, it is. And Stella sends her regrets. She's not going to be able to join us. Um, well, we already have a caller waiting for us, um, and oh, wow. I've encouraged parents who we've heard from to call in. So from area code 813, um, you're on the air, our first caller of 2022. How are you doing today? I'm good, and you? I'm doing fine. Tell us what's on your mind. Okay. Um, Nice to talk to you all. I I listen to the podcast a lot. Um, I was calling because um, I've read your book, The Explosive Child. I've listened to a lot of podcasts and read, I believe, one or two books that you recommend in in The Explosive Child. And um, it's it's gone really pretty well with with, um, the model and I have too many, too many problems with with my son. He's um, 13. Um, But one question that I had, which doesn't exactly have to do with the model, so I don't know if it's okay to ask. (laughs) Um, I was wondering if you all give any advice as to, or or can tell, I'm sorry, I'm so nervous, I don't know why, Um, but how to talk to children, you know, how to give advice and not make it sound like it's a sermon, because I've read many books that say, 
you know, kids don't like it when you talk to them that way or, you know, it's like they just shut it out. So I wanted to know your thoughts on that and if that's okay because it doesn't have to do with the model. So, <laughs> Well, I think that's great, and um, it's just us, so don't be nervous. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> plus the thousands of people who listen to the program, so don't, but don't be nervous about that. Okay. <laughs> but they don't know who you are, so you're okay. That's um, right. <laughs> all they know about you is that your area code is 813, and that applies to many, many tens of thousands of people. Um, That's right. <laughs> truth is, I, I don't think your question is outside the realm of CPS. Okay. Um, in the CPS model, um, well, I guess here's the big question. What are yes. you giving advice about? Because my bet is that if your child is meeting a particular expectation, mm-hmm. they don't, you don't feel like they need your advice. They're meeting the expectation. So, okay. and I could be wrong, so correct me if I'm wrong, the only expectations on which your child, on which you might feel need to give your child advice would be on the expectations your child is having difficulty meeting. But think of, let's see if that's oh. true, first of all, before I keep going. Okay. Well, I guess, like, advice on any subject, different subjects, like um, you just want to tell them, you know, for example, um, let's say that he uses sometimes language you don't like too much. And, and you've talked, you know, you've maybe used the CPS, but not so much like... Um, um, all the exact steps because maybe it's more like a general conversation because it's not a huge problem. And you just more want to give advice, like, you know, why you wouldn't want to use certain language or or just advice for to prevent, you know, maybe a problem with your friends. You know, just more like general advice that you actually want them to listen, you know, and not just, you know, brush it off. But I'm not really with a problem, problem per se, just more like, you know, just general advice. Well, it's interesting. Um, If your child is not using language that you think is appropriate, um, I would call that an unsolved problem. And I would say that the the advice that you want to give sounds very similar to me to th- some of the things you might be saying in the define adult concern step where you're putting your concerns on the table, right? Okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm having trouble separating things you're concerned about, which is the define adult concern step, from advice giving. Um, I will say this. I don't know that kids want your advice if they're having no difficulty <laughs> meeting a particular expectation, Right. Um, okay, right. If your kid is getting straight A's, if that's your expectation, I don't know if your kid wants your advice on how to get straight A's because they're already getting straight A's, right? Right, right. Okay. So uh, what you were just talking about does sound to me like an unsolved problem. And so I guess the big question okay. that I'm thinking about is um, would you want to give advice which once again sounds very much, much to me like the define it all concern step, without actually knowing what's getting in the way 
of your son needing the expectation that you're giving advice about and finding out what's getting in the way is the empathy step. I don't know. Maybe Kim and Jennifer uh, are thinking about this in a different way than I am, but um, that's the way I'm thinking about it. Okay. Kim, Jen, what do you think? Um, Yeah, I'm with you, Dr. Green, and, and, and also, when I heard the word advice, and I'm sorry, I did not catch how old the child is that you're talking about. Oh, he's 13. Okay. So I have 11, almost 12 in my house. And when I hear, like, when I want to give her advice, it makes me cringe, actually, <laughs> because I know she's not going to hear it. So um, so I, I wouldn't have, like, that mindset, because if you, if you hope to get any mileage and traction with being heard, you've got to listen first. And so right. um, I very much would fall right into um, the three steps of plan B with doing a really good job with the empathy step first before I, you know, had, had my say about my concern. So, and I would also say the word advice often can be, it can land on kids as a solution. Like we adults, we know better, we, you know, and, 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 you know, I'm not saying we don't, but when we just sort of lay it on them, like, trust me, we've been there, do it this way. That's, that's handing them a solution. It's a, it's a, it's a plan A kind of response, even though it is nice plan A and well-intentioned plan A. And there might be a perspective on your kid's part, you know, that you're not aware of. And maybe you will arrive at a solution that's slightly different than what your advice would have been, but you're happy with it because it meets your concerns too. Okay. Okay. So pretty much I could use the model. I mean, it's normally always going to be, the model. I have to look at it kind of that way. If I if I feel that he needs advice, it's because he's not meeting an expectation. So okay, makes sense. I think. <laughs> the the only the only thing that I would add to that is that in using CPS with my son, I discovered pretty quickly that what I thought he was struggling with and what he was actually struggling with were often not the same thing. (laughs) So I think a lot of times uh, when I'd offer him advice, I'm offering him advice on something that wasn't really relevant to him in the way that I thought it was going to be. Uh, So... In talking with him, as as Dr. Green has told us over and over again, the person who can give you the most information about what your kid is having difficulty with is your kid. So that's always the best place to start. Okay. Let me ask you now, in reference to one situation, not a situation, actually something that I, I thought of, Let's say, for example, you want to talk to your child, which I've already talked to him plenty of times, but, you know, they're on the Internet a lot and inappropriate things can come up. And I've talked to him a lot and, you know, I don't, I don't think it's a problem because, you know, he, he knows and, and he agrees. But let's say something like that. You want to talk about um, safety online and being careful with what content comes up. Is there a better way to talk about that? Because 
it's not really a problem that you're seeing. It's just something you want to prevent. Does that make sense? And that could work for many other types of things like, you know, drinking or stuff like that. So how would you approach that in, in a good way that they would actually listen and they don't think they're being given, you know, preaching to? Does that make sense? Well, <laughs> it, it does. I would say I would say that preaching is an advice giving to the degree that they overlap. Right. is very different than right. asking a question. Okay. Like if you're wondering about something, I think that's different okay. than giving advice. I think that's different than preaching. I think that's different okay. than telling your what to do. You're inquiring. You're interested. You're curious. You'd like to know. That's, you know, you don't have to do the empathy step to get information out of your kid, and the kid doesn't have to be failing to meet an expectation for you to ask a question, you could ask a question. So just, like, what do you think about this? Something like that to see what they're, you know, how you could talk to them about that. Yeah, or um, um, what do you eat for lunch at school? Or how how do you make sure that you're being safe online? Okay. What are your I like thoughts that. about <laughs> use drugs? What are your thoughts about alcohol? Um, what are your friends doing? Is this an issue for your friends? None of that's plan B. That's just curious. Okay. Okay. Okay, good, good. I like that. Yeah, I, I hadn't thought of <laughs> And I've read a lot of books. I, I read um, How to... How to talk so your kids will listen. How to listen so your kids will talk. But it's been a while, so I want to read that again. But um, I, I wanted to ask this question, and then I have another question, if that's okay. It's actually okay. I don't. I mean, look real quick. We 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 don't have anybody else calling in, so we can hang out with you a little longer. Yay. Okay. Thank you. All right. Um, I one of the biggest problems that I've had with him um, is technology. And um, it, it's gotten much better than it used to be. Um, I ha- had listened a lot to um, Amy McCready with Positive Parenting Solutions. That's how I actually found out of, about the explosive child and the model. And these days I'm really using the model more than I think anything else. I haven't given him punishments or anything like that. But sometimes I do when I don't know, you know, um, you know in the heat of the moment, which is not where I should be. I, I will say something like, well, I'm going to punish you, and, and I don't, it just comes out, and then, you know, it, it doesn't really happen, but sometimes with the technology, the last time that we did the model, we came up with, um, when you're finished, he has an hour and 40 minutes that I give him to play video games, and then I, we came up with the max I'm going to give you to get off is 20 minutes, um, and, and that was, you know, my expectation for him to be off in 20 minutes. And he was, you know, he's the one who came up with this, with the idea of 20 minutes. So normally I'll put 15 minutes and then I give him the last five to say, okay, this is it. So it works out most of the time. But there's days where that doesn't work out. And I know I should go back to the model and say, you know, this is happening and, you know, what's up. But um, let's say I did that again and it doesn't work. Am I always going to go back to the model and see? It normally ends up where I'm giving him more time. So I wanted to know if 
is there ever a moment where there should be a consequence? I think you're going to say no, but <laughs> sometimes I don't know what else to do. <laughs> By what I've learned already, it's never good to do consequence. But um, I want to know if he never, you know, if, if it always breaks the limit that we keep setting up, you know, is a consequence ever okay? Because I, I don't know what to do sometimes. Well, Can I jump in? Um, please. Um, so you could you could go there, and what it will teach him is that you're really unhappy that he's not sticking to the solution. But I bet he already knows okay. that. And oh. I would say the, the solution's success doesn't all fall on him. It falls on 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 the partnership, right? And so. Um, so it can be certainly frustrating in the moment. I'm, I'm completely with you. So when it's not in the moment, you would, I would say, revisit that something about our solution isn't working or at least it's not working consistently and see what you can learn about it because that will give you information to move you both towards a solution that has a better shot of working. And I also wanted to mention oh. that, um, and I'm, I'm going to wonder about Dr. Green's reaction to this, I have a fail-safe in place with my daughter with my older child um, because I know me and I'm human and I get hot. I do. I get, I get upset about things. Not very often. I do have a lot of patience, but there will be times when I'm just, I, I just am human, right? So I wrote out right. that um, a statement that basically says, no matter how upset or unhappy mommy gets, you are actually never in trouble. Like ignore what I say. If I say anything about that, it's just me having a moment. You are never in trouble. You can always come to me, like some sort of statement like that. And I signed it, and actually I've been meaning to frame it. So that's my sales that um, it doesn't take away It doesn't take away the hit to the relationship that if I were to slip into plan A in the moment, it doesn't take away the hit that the relationship takes for that. And yet she does have that to always point to. And I said, go ahead, bring it out. When I'm, if I'm having a moment, bring it out and show it to me. <laughs> it would actually help me <laughs> get right in again, you know. Um, and so, you know, it, it, it's, uh, it's just something I had to do because I know I'm human. And it doesn't mean we don't, I don't own my plan A if I've done it. Of course I do. And I talk about how that's not how I want to be. And obviously we have a problem we need to solve. And then in a calm moment we, we work to solve it. So. Okay. Okay. All right. But That's helpful. Thank you. And we do have another caller, but I just wanted to weigh in real quickly. Um, no harm in going back to plan B if you have a solution that's not working. But there was one thing okay. you said in there that does concern me, and that is you always end up giving him more time. And that, it sounds like you're not good with that solution, um, yeah, you're not feeling that good about that outcome. Um, but also, right. what I'm not hearing is what's making it hard for your son to stick with the time limit as it was established. Because giving your son more time would address the concern that the amount of time he agreed to wasn't enough. But I can't actually think of any other thing that might be getting in the way of him getting off that that solution would address. Plus, sounds like you're not all that good with it um, in the first place. So there's a few things 
missing, number one, what's getting in the way of your son sticking with the original time limit, um, and number two, you not feeling okay about continuously extending the time limit that make me think that um, going back to plan B, you really got to go back to the beginning, to the empathy step. Okay. And this is true for everybody when there's a solution that's not working. Um, what's getting in the way of the solution working? Um, right. I would need to know that before I had a sense about whether adding more time was a good solution or not. I just don't get the feeling that you're all that comfortable with the solution if that's what's happening every time. Am I making sense? Right. Yes. Yes. Yep. Because um, before I used to, um, like I said, he had an hour and a half, and I probably would give him five minutes. And um, then we agreed on, okay, it's going to be 20 minutes. And now it almost feels as if he uses that 20 minutes not to finish. (laughs) It seems like he's used those 20 minutes to extend it. And uh, yep. and that's where I have the problem. I'm not going to give him more time past these 20 minutes. This has been going on for a while. But, like, yesterday yep. he was on there for, like, maybe 20 minutes more and because um, he had to do something very important. <laughs> he had yep. to do it. <laughs> well, it was a game. It was Minecraft. And, you know, he had to finish. He He could not go <laughs> for any reason whatsoever. Uh-huh. And so that's where I'm like, well, do I shut it off? I, I have circle, which is a parental control, and I could do it, but I don't want to do it. You know, I know that's going to be a no, huge. No, but but I I think know. I think your mantra can be, you know what? This solution that we agreed on isn't working very well. We need to talk about it again. That can be your mantra. Um, but what's missing here is what's making it difficult for him to get to stick with the time limit in the first place. Just as an example, a kid that I know. Um, a kid who I work with has trouble getting off and agreed not to start. And he has, he's a, I think he has a 30 minute time limit if I can't, if I'm remembering correctly. And he's agreed not to start anything that's going to take a long time when there's 10 minutes left. So if it's going to take a while, okay. he doesn't start it. Now that's, he agreed to that okay. solution and given, the, given what was going on in that situation, that solution not only made sense, but it's also working. He's actually sticking with it. But that's, but if we had just added more time, it wouldn't have actually addressed his concern, which is that he starts something right. and then doesn't have time to finish it. If we keep adding time, he keeps starting something that he doesn't have enough time to finish. That's why I'm saying right. let's find out what makes it hard for your son to stick with the original solution. Then we'll find out what a good solution looks like. Okay. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. I'm, I'm going to do that definitely. Thank you. If I before you go, I just add one more thing. The more you return back to the model, the more your kid learns to trust it, and that's okay. a huge part of you know. The more buy-in you get from your kid, the more the easier it will be to plan B things as you go forth. If if you're going back to the model instead of trying something different, if you stick with it, then it becomes like muscle memory. Hey, this isn't working. Mom and I are going to go back to talking about it. So you're actually making it easier on yourself by going back to the model, even if it doesn't feel that way in the moment. All right. Okay, very good. Thank you all so much. I I greatly appreciate what you all do. 
you bet. And you've just been given a, a treasure trove of, of guidance. And the good news is uh, the recording is available on iTunes. So if um, you have difficulty remembering all of these pearls of wisdom, you can always listen to the program again. Great. Thank you all. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. Thanks very Thank much you, for you calling too. in. Bye-bye. All right. Thank you. Bye. All right, Kim and uh, should we, um, Kim and Jen, should we take another caller here? You guys up for it? Sure, sounds good. Here we go. Area code five zero three. Tell us what's on your mind today. Hi, my name is Paula, and I'm don't calling. Tell us your name. Just don't tell us your name. Oh, sorry. Don't, um, don't give us any identifying was... information, but go ahead. <laughs> okay, thank you so much. Um, I'm calling about um, just when my child um, flips his lid and gets uh, physical with me. I am, this just happened a couple weeks ago, and we were able to do plan B later. But I do, I am wondering if you could give me some guidance for, for in those moments, what it looks like as the parent um, during that time when they're flipping their lid, when they might be being physical with you, what, sta- what stance do I take, or do you have any advice for that um, at all? Well, <laughs> the first thing I would say is it's late. By the time your kid is being physical, first mm-hmm. of all, it's not, I don't envy you. Mm-hmm. It can be scary depending on how physical mm-hmm. your kid is being. Um, so you have our empathy for sure. Thanks. But the main thing is it's late because by the time your kid is physical, and we would call being physical in the form of hitting or kicking or scratching Correct. or yeah. even spitting, we would call that a very unlucky way of communicating that there's an expectation your child is having difficulty meeting. But yes, that's the, by the time your child is exhibiting those signals, the expectation your child has been having difficulty meeting has already happened. So when I okay. say that's late, um, it means something else has already happened. And in this model, we really want to focus on the expectation your child is having difficulty meeting because, to tell you the truth, there's nothing incredible to do by the time a child, whether it's your child or a kid at school or a kid in a prison, starts becoming physical. The, the advice mm-hmm. of all of the crisis management programs would be defuse, de-escalate, keep everybody safe. That's the mindset, right? Okay. You're going to be in that mindset a lot. You're going to be diffusing, de-escalating, and trying to keep everybody safe a lot unless you're focusing on the expectations your child is having difficulty meeting that are causing them to become physical. But, okay. So that's the general theme of things. But let us get your reaction to that, and then maybe we can help you even more. What do you think of that? Yeah, I think um... – I, I, you know, I think that that is 
as I, I hear that. And I wonder sometimes I think what led to one of them, I was trying to remember what it was. Um, it was, it was really fast and, um, and it was not being able to, uh, get off, get off in a timely manner off his game. And, um, and, uh, I felt like I felt a little, I did feel a little scared because of the explosiveness that just went from zero to 10. And I always feel a little nervous because I'm not sure what to do, <laughs> what to do when that happens. Cause I know that it could, it could go really poorly for all of us. And so I feel this big tearing between not really knowing, like plan seeing it feels like I'm allowing his anger to control the situation. And that in and of itself makes me feel a little fear. Does that make sense? It does. My response to that would be, your child's anger is not controlling the situation if, even if you do plan C, but then go back and solve the problem. Your child's anger is not controlling the situation. Okay. Um, you're still solving the problem that caused your child to become angry in the first place. Okay. Plan C, once again, is not about giving in, not about giving up. If that's what plan C was about, then you might be in a might be more justified in saying that your child's anger is controlling the situation. But in the CPS model, what we would say is your child's anger is communicating that they are having difficulty meeting that expectation. All right? Right. That sounds like right. to go back and see that's not your child's anger controlling the situation. And by the way, what's interesting is let's say your child sulked instead of becoming aggressive physically or pouted. Um, right. I don't know, would we say we don't want your child pouting or sulking to control the situation? Either way, you still no, have a problem. No, I would have a different perception on it. <laughs> Indeed. Yep. So I don't know if you've done the ELSA yet because here's, here's the only other thing I'll say, then I'm happy to let Kim and Jennifer weigh in. Um, uh, my bet, I could be wrong, but I doubt it, is that this is not the first time your child has had difficulty getting off the game. That's correct. <laughs> that makes this... 4,000%. This doesn't, this doesn't <laughs> count as a surprise. It means that's a highly predictable, unsolved problem. Even if it doesn't happen every time, it's predictable. Yeah. Right? Yes. Let's yes. Let's go proactively yes. so you don't get hit and scratched and kicked. Yes. Yes. So we just need to continue to work on that. Sometimes I do think, oh, well, it worked. Our plan worked this time, um, but then, but you're right. It doesn't. It doesn't work. You know, even 50% of the time. So we're still. We. St- I still. We still need to work on that together. And I can hear that. That makes sense. There you go. Let's see if Kim and Jennifer yeah. have pearls of wisdom to throw into the hopper here. <laughs> Oh, I I had that kid. <laughs> I I lived with that kid for a long time. Um, there was lots of hitting and kicking and spitting and chair tipping. We were big on chair tipping. Um, 
and and you know arm flailing and all sorts of other things that make everyone in the vicinity physically unsafe in those moments. And it's terrifying when it happens, especially as you're sitting there and you're thinking, okay, right now my my kid is small, bigger, if this keeps happening, someone's going to get really hurt. And they're they're awful, scary, terrible moments. The good news that I can tell you is that we don't have (laughs) those moments anymore. Um, CPS CPS helped us get rid of of that problem. Um, That that is what we ended up at when he would hit a point where he was so dysregulated and deep in the pit that there was nothing else he could do that was he was physically defending himself from having to continue to have a conversation with us and in those moments he's not going to hear a word that you say to him right. so any kind of conversation right there isn't going to work right um, it it took a lot of searching for me to look and say, okay, let me think about the last three times that this has happened. What are the clues that I saw that I didn't pay attention to in those moments before because I was insistent on, you know, enforcing my will? <laughs> right, um, right. That, that escalated things to that point. And how can I to myself recognize when that's happening and what can I do for myself to at that point say, okay, this is going in that direction. I need to step back and recognize that if I keep pushing this, we're going to end up in the hitting, spitting, kicking, punching, biting, horrible. Um, And that's hard to do. Uh, and it's 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 counterintuitive in a lot of ways. Yes. Yeah. But you know, those are the moments when my mantra for a long time was, you know, he's not giving me a hard time; he's having a hard time. And yes. there are times when I repeated that in my head from the time I got out of bed in the morning until I finally went back to bed at night. Um, yeah. But it's it's it was important to me to keep that first and foremost. And finally, what we did, I, once I was able to identify those things, I could sit down with him and say, I noticed that sometimes when you're starting to get to a point where you're really frustrated with me because I'm doing something that's frustrating. And he loved it when I pointed out that I was doing something that was frustrating. Yeah. Uh, yeah then I noticed that you have a hard time keeping your hands off the dog. Right. And 
the dog hates that and it makes me nervous. So let's talk about what we can do to not get to that point, which was pre-really using CPS in our house. So, you know, it wasn't uh-huh. phrased as a, a good unsolved problem. Uh, we didn't really dive into it with CPS, but it it was sort of our introduction, our pre-CPS moments, and right. we were able to identify you know, some of the things that that were happening and where we could cut them off at the pass before we got to that point. Because right. by the time you get to that point, there's nothing you can do. Your kid's no. not hearing a word you're saying. <laughs> there's yeah. nothing you can do except defuse, de-escalate, keep everybody safe. Right. And that's not the moment that's going to be helpful to you. Um, right. As As I, I have on a few other occasions, um, Dr. Mona Delahook is one of the, uh, is a member of the Board of Directors for Lives in the Balance, and she has written a wonderful book. I don't know if you've read it. Uh, it's called Beyond Behaviors. And it kind of explains. I have not read it yet. (laughs) Okay. It's sort of the what's happening in the brain when a kid gets to that point Um, and some of the things that you can do to help the brain not get to that point. And then once you're not in that point, then you can have a CPS conversation. Then you can plan B. Okay. But you can't plan B in that moment. Okay. They just won't hear you. Okay. Right, right. Okay. Well, I appreciate I appreciate the advice and the reminders, and <laughs> I will just keep moving forward on this, and we will just keep at it. And if we the only other thing I would say is that if if you're struggling with the video game part, is that the first thing that you've tried to plan B? Um. No. No, okay. We've. I. I always try to plan B. Um, I, <laughs> I feel a little overwhelmed by the process, but, um, but when I think about it later in a calm moment, I, you know, try to be curious and and uh, talk about my concerns. And he, he always knows when I'm, you know, oh, mom, <laughs> you don't have to be concerned about that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I would I would say if 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 it's still new and it still feels really foreign, start yes. with something easy. Start with okay. something that you know you're going to be able to solve, even if it feels silly. Okay. Okay. Because yeah. then once once you both can see how it works, it becomes much easier to use it for the big stuff. Okay. Yeah, I heard you say that in the first call. Um, you know, once you start to use it, then it becomes safer for both of you. And I think yep. safety is a huge thing my kiddo needs to feel safe in relationships with adults. So, mm, Absolutely. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you guys so much for the work you do. Thank you for calling in. Yes. So we are we don't have any other callers right now, but we do have uh, an email that I wanted to respond to that came in recently, and I promised the mom as much as I can promise to get to a particular email uh, during a particular <laughs> program. But we would try hard to get to it. And the mom was number one asking about 
whether there are videos of younger children doing Plan B besides the ones on the Lives in the Balance website. And my usual response to that is um, the video of Joshua, the little boy who's having difficulty going to the dentist, even though Joshua is chronologically ten and a half years old in that video, um, his language processing and communication skills are at around a three- or four-year-old level. Um, and so I think of that as a good example, even though it's a ten-and-a-half-year-old body, of what Plan B typically looks like with a three- or four-year-old. So I think it's, yes, it's a ten-and-a-half-year-old chronologically kid, but in various aspects of functioning, Joshua really was three or four years old at the time. So it's a good example of what it usually looks like with a three- or four-year-old. But the other thing this mom had a question about was another one of the videos on the Lives in the Balance website where uh, there is a 15-year-old girl who um, was um, cheating on some homework assignments that she felt were irrelevant to her future, which was her concern. Um, she's not sure how the work is. And it's quite frankly the most controversial video that I, that's not only on the website, but also on, uh, that I show in my trainings. Um, and the mom agreed the solution was that they would see how the 15-year-old girl did in her grades, and if anything went below a B, they would revisit the level of intensity of the mom's oversight and whether the mom was okay with her um, not trying as hard and potentially cheating on some assignments that she felt were irrelevant. The reason that that video often prompts conversation, and conversation's a good thing, is because the mom agreed that it was, that she wasn't gonna worry too much about her daughter cheating on homework assignments that were irrelevant. And by the way, mom is an educator. Um, but that prompts uh, reactions from people um, who, are, who, who say, I would never have agreed to that solution because I would never agree to a solution in which it's okay for a kid to cheat on irrelevant assignments. So now let me get to the mom's email. Um, mom is saying, at the point in the video where the child says she's going to keep cheating, the mom says, uh, would play out in my house like this. I'm going to cheat on homework. There's no reason I shouldn't in my mind. And me saying, I'm not going to accept you cheating on homework. It's just not good character. And we don't cut corners in work at school. And we would just sit there. Um, what do you do when a reasonable solution cannot be agreed upon by the parties? And the answer to that is <laughs> that particular mom um, now, don't forget, that mom in that video was not ecstatic that her daughter was cheating on minor assignments that, she, that the daughter felt were irrelevant. Earlier in the conversation, the kid had talked about um, uh, grades. She doesn't want grades to be the only focal point. She wants to be with family. She wants to have fun. Mom agreed with that. Um, but here's the deal. If mom had taken the stance, no, I'm not good with cheating. And at various points throughout that plan B, mom said that she wasn't good with the solution that her daughter was 
proposing. So it wasn't that mom was incapable of saying, I'm not okay with that solution. Mom showed herself perfectly capable of that. It's that mom did not have as huge a problem with the cheating as some parents would. But if you're a parent who would have a problem with the cheating, then you would not agree to that solution. But you wouldn't just sit there looking at each other. You might say something like, um, I'm very concerned. And remember, the mom's concern was that anything below a B would compromise her daughter's ability to get into a good college. So this was a mom and daughter who had very high aspirations for the daughter. The mom could have said, my concern is that um, cheating, especially if you were to get caught, and this is not the only concern that the mom might have had. There's a variety of concerns that people could enter into consideration. If you get caught, that's going to compromise your ability to get into a good college too. So I'm not good with that solution. And the conversation continues. Uh, truth is, if the mom had taken that stance, I'm just as optimistic that we would have come up with a good solution that worked for both of them as if mom took the stance that she did um, my, my role as a clinician to judge, my role as a clinician is to help people move toward a solution that works for both of them and reflects both of their values. On that note, we're out of time. Thank you, Jen. <laughs> Thank you, Kim. We will do this again next month. Thanks to our callers. Thank you. Take care. Sounds good. Bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.